Our passage from Deuteronomy offers us a window into the foundations of Israel's early worship. We get the privilege of observing Moses teaching Israel how to worship the Lord God. And I find it really interesting that when Moses details the instructions for when the Israelites bring their offering to the sanctuary, he gives them very specific directions about what to say. And what I find most interesting is what Moses does not tell them to say. Moses does not say, when you come to the priest and the priest takes your offering and places it on the altar, you are then to recite a list of beliefs about God. Rather, Moses teaches every Israelite to tell their story. Not just any story, not just their own story, but the story of God's deliverance and provision. When you bring your offering into the sanctuary, stand before the altar and tell the story. The story begins with a wandering Aramean. That's Jacob who meandered his way down to Egypt on a gimpy hip thanks to a lifetime of wrestling with God. And Jacob is now an alien in a foreign land. And that Jacob is how the Hebrew people got to Egypt. It was with Abraham that God decided to work to save human beings. God began a conversation with this one particular person because God did not want to save us without us. And God had to start somewhere. But it was through Jacob that the family of God chose to work through to save the world and how they ended up in Egypt. And it was there that, God's, God, that Jacob's God-loving, God-fearing, God-haunted family became a great nation, mighty and populous. And then, so the story goes, the Egyptians treated the Hebrews harshly. They enslaved them and placed impossible burdens on them. The Egyptians built their thriving economy on the brows and on the backs of this oppressed people. These oppressed people cried out to the Lord, and the Lord heard their voice. And with Moses leading and Aaron preaching, the Lord finally delivered them from their oppressors with a terrifying display of power and great signs and wonders. And then the story concludes with the same holy family finally entering the promised land, as we know, flowing with milk and honey. So Moses says, when you bring your offering to the sanctuary, stand before the altar and tell the story of what God has done for you. Make sure you get the basic plot right. God delivered you. God provided for you. Deliverance and provision. Tell that story. Now, the season of Lent provides us time to take stock of our life with God. Time to get down to the polished granite plot line of it all through prayer and fasting, even if it's just fasting from chocolate or French fries or wordle. Got some world fans back here. 
we get to examine ourselves to sift through all the clutter, all the clutter of our lives and home in on matters of the heart. When we can finally be still long enough to hear and see what God is doing with us, what is it that we really see? Deliverance and provision. I wager, tell that story. I hope we hear from Moses that God is the God of deliverance. And because Moses taught us how to tell the story, we know that God is the God not of deliverance in theory, but the God of deliverance from particular hardships that people face. Yes, we can take comfort from the unique stories of deliverance of individual people. We can tell our unique stories of deliverance. I could tell you my own story of deliverance, of how for 42 years, God has been saving me from being a Southern white American male. I mean, I am that to be sure, but thanks be to God, I'm not only that anymore. I often recall what my friend Andy once told me as he considered his faith. Mac, it was easier before, he said, but now it's harder. But I'm just so glad God delivered me from a boring life. Now it's adventure. Now I wake up every day and I have no idea where God is going to take me, but I know this, God is delivering me and God is providing for me. It may be deliverance from what we perceive to be a boring life or deliverance from an illness, a healing, deliverance from an abusive relationship. Or it could be a story of deliverance from the sins of our youth or the sins of our adulthood. But Paul tells the Romans, you have been set free from sin and have become servants of righteousness. And I wager again, that if we search our hearts, each one of us will discover a little story of deliverance hiding in plain sight. Tell that story. Discern that story in your life and come prepared to tell it. Jesus was delivered from temptation in the desert, in the wilderness. He was famished 40 days with no food at all. The devil comes and tries to tempt him to turn stones into bread. Jesus refuses. He relies on the word of God to sustain him. And it strikes me that just after we hear this series of temptations of Jesus in the wilderness, we don't see Jesus go straight to the S&W cafeteria. I once spent a really long night on a mountain called Mount Olrag, and we did not have enough food to last through the night. And my buddies and I got off that mountain the next day, and this was just like 12 hours without food. We went straight to the restaurant. We were famished. But after 40 days, Jesus comes out of the wilderness, and what happens? He's filled up with the Spirit, and he goes on to tell the story. God delivered and provided for him. 
And now this Jew from Nazareth keeps having something to say about each of our lives. He leads us by still waters and comforts us with bright skies and open spaces. But he also beckons us into the dark, doesn't he? Into the dark forests of life where we can't be sure of our footing. Sometimes we're afraid because the trees seem haunted, but he leads us through. He delivers us and he provides for us. Deliverance and provision tell that story. This season of Lent, I hope our prayers will reveal ways that the plot line of deliverance and provision is present in our congregation's story. In his book, Bowling Alone, now over 20 years old but still prophetic, Robert Putnam laments what he calls the hollowing out of religious institutions and the negative effect that it's having on the nation. Two decades before a virus would literally hollow out our sanctuaries around the world. Putnam was already telling us that something was wrong in America, that communities were breaking down, that the fabric of our society was facing a threadbare future, that too many of us, as he put it, were bowling alone. How many of us are in a bowling league right now? <laughs> we do have two bowling alleys in town. Now, we can see more than ever how threadbare the fabric of our society is. It does frighten us. We do know deep down that something is wrong. And on top of the virus, now there are wars and rumors of wars, as Jesus said, for us to expect. But I'm reminded today of what a friend once told Fleming Rutledge, the great preacher, when she was fretting to him about all the problems in the world and over cups of coffee, she had expressed her concerns about everything going on in the news and everything that had upset her. And she was particularly concerned at that point by the threat of nuclear war. Is this what it comes down to, she said? That we human beings will finally annihilate ourselves? And, and her friend replied with gentleness and wisdom, Fleming, don't you think God has already considered all of that? You know, when we bring our own offerings here and we stand before the altar and we give our first fruits, do you know that we are basket by basket providing a story for others to see of deliverance and provision? And I am wondering, just maybe, I am wondering if 50 years from now, when people look back on this time, generations before, and wonder how we got through, I want to wager yet again that people will say 
that there were congregations across this good land who knew the story of deliverance and provision. And when they came before the people of God, they said, I love to tell this story of Jesus and his love.